At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets hosting the Orlando Magic tonight. Maybe not the same buzz around this opponent that the Hornets have had over their last three, this win streak that encompassed two wins at home over Milwaukee and then a big road win at Philadelphia. The first win over the 76ers since 2016. It's been a great run here for the Hornets. They're hoping to keep it going tonight. We're going to break down this win streak. We're going to preview tonight's game and we're going to talk about something that's been kind of a hot topic uh, locally on radio and just talking about the team. The free throw disparity. It's been gargantuan in a few games. How does it really measure out over the entire of the season. Going to talk about all of these three things and helping me do it. He's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. And Rob, let's start off with the win streak here because this has been impressive. The two wins over Milwaukee were huge. First one, you can argue, was a schedule loss. I don't know that that argument really comes into play from a Hornets perspective, but you can make that argument for Milwaukee's. Game two, it's just a flat-out big win for the Hornets against the defending champs. And then the third game in this recent run, well, this is what it sounded like. The shot clock is dark, and this thing is over. And so is the losing streak to Philadelphia. The Hornets, now the hottest team in the Eastern Conference in the NBA, a fourth consecutive win, and their first in Philly since 2016. Final score, Hornets 109, 76ers 98. Charlotte's, the Queen City, will wear the crown tonight and improve to 23 
and 19 as big a three-game sequence of wins as the Hornets have had since becoming the Hornets again. Maybe getting a little ambitious there, but I, I'm not sure. You know, you never know when some of these matchups are going to come in in terms of the sequencing of it to beat the defending champs back-to-back games and then follow that up with a win over a team that you basically haven't beaten since they got their signature piece, Joel Embiid. This is significant here for the Hornets. So want to talk to you, Rob, about what it means figuratively, what it means literally for the Hornets. But in terms of our time here with Charlotte, I would say this is the biggest three-game run the Hornets have had. Just to play devil's advocate, I think I did this a little bit on the podcast yesterday, is there was that three-game stretch earlier back in November where the Hornets had a five-game losing streak out on the West Coast. They had one more game against the Western Conference opponent, against the Memphis Grizzlies. They were coming from L.A. all the way across the country to Memphis. Would assume that that was a schedule loss, and they go out and they end up winning by 10, which is pretty impressive, especially now that the way that the Grizzlies have been playing as of late with all of the potential that they have there. And then they come back, and then they play a New York team that was rolling at the time, and that was kind of a playoff-like atmosphere here at Spectrum Center. So that was a really good win. And then you follow that up by beating the Golden State Warriors. It was the first regulation loss for the Warriors to that point in the season. So that was a really big three-game winning streak, I thought, as well. And again, that ended up going to a five-game winning streak. So hopefully this little three-game spurt, well, it's already at four games right now, but hopefully tonight it ends up with a fifth win as well, and maybe even more. You never know. But the way that those two three-game streaks were, they were different in their own right, just because the last one, there was a lot of adversity, you know, coming across the country, playing in a hostile environment, playing against who looked at the time the unbeatable Golden State Warriors. Then you come back to this one. You got the defending NBA champs, and then you got a team that won the Eastern Conference last season. The difference in those, though, is mostly because of the way that Milwaukee and Philadelphia play. Obviously, they're a little bit more of a veteran team, but the biggest thing that I look at, too, is they got elite centers. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo. You have Joel Embiid. That's been a crux for the Hornets for the last couple of seasons now, and they were able to overcome that. They did a great job playing against Giannis, I thought, even though he got 40-plus points in both games. Then, of course, Joel Embiid still goes for 31 on Wednesday, but the way that they were able to strategize and do such a good job eliminating those mistakes that you've seen that has hurt them in the past against teams that have really elite bigs, you can't say enough about it. I think it was just, you know, this three-game stretch that they're on is just remarkable, really. It's a huge, huge sequence. Let's look at it figuratively. Figuratively, I think this means that the Hornets have arrived now, that they're they're not just a good story. They're not just a team that's going to, you know, possibly get into the playoffs and, you know, who cares after that. I think this means that they have arrived. They've now beaten everyone ahead of them currently in the standings, except for Chicago and Miami, both of whom they've only played once, and it's both cases been on the road. So limited sample size to really hold it against them that they haven't come up with a W against Chicago. Bulls will come to Spectrum Center later this season. Miami's going to come twice. So there are opportunities out there for the Hornets to get wins over those teams on friendlier territory. And if not there, then hostile territory will have to do later on down the line. But to beat Milwaukee, to beat Brooklyn, to beat Philadelphia, and of course they've beaten Cleveland as well, I think that's significant. I think that speaks to what this team is capable of doing moving forward. Literally, what has changed? Nothing. Nothing has changed. You literally, you look at the standings right now. Before this three-game spurt, the Hornets were in eighth place. They were a 500 team. They were two games back of a top six position. Now they're four games above 500. They're in seventh place. They're one game back of a top six position. The moral of the story is it is extremely hard to move up in the standings. Basically, if you look at a team that's a game back in the standings, that team has to get hot and they have to have a good week, not just a good game, to really make any 
kind of significant moves. And you look at what the Hornets have been able to do right now, 7-3 and three over their last 10 games. They've basically made up two games and zero spots on Cleveland. They've lost ground to Philadelphia. They've made up a game on Milwaukee, who's still a couple games ahead. It, it's very hard to move up in the standings to climb the ladder. But these wins are significant because I'm not sure how much they were expected by the outside public. So when you look to try and chase down a Cleveland or a Philadelphia, if they continue to struggle at home, or any of the other teams ahead of the Hornets, it's going to take a lot of time. These wins can help, but realistically speaking, in terms of the standings, nothing has changed. You kind of alluded to it is you kind of got to get a little bit of help from the outside. You got to get a little bit lucky because when you take a look at what everybody else has done really in the last 10 games, the last 10 games that they've played, Chicago, of course, top of the standings, they're 8-2. and two. Brooklyn is level at 5-5. Five and five. Miami's 8-2 and two in their last 10. Philly is 8-2. and two. Cleveland's the only other slip up there at 5-5. Five and five. Toronto got hot. The Raptors are 7-3 and three now. So you just need a little bit of luck to try to kind of climb those standings a little bit too. But again, what James Brego always says, you got to control what you can control in the room. And again, you never know what this Eastern Conference, we've seen teams get hot like Toronto. We've seen the Sixers get hot. You know, that seven-game winning streak getting ended by the Hornets on Wednesday. You just never know what is going to happen in this Eastern Conference. I mean, Atlanta is still dormant six games below 500 at this point. Are the Hawks going to get hot? I know they're starting to make some moves, so you don't know what's going to happen with those kind of teams because we saw what kind of second half Atlanta had last season. So worry about what you can. Get those wins now. And then at the end of the season, it might come down to tiebreakers at this point. So every win against these opponents, obviously, is a big one just from the tiebreaker perspective as well. Just in terms of getting to the top six, the one thing that I think could help the Hornets here, Cleveland's played very well wherever they've been, home and road, but there, there clearly is a difference in terms of the advantages that come from being at home, regardless of what's going on with Brooklyn and, and the difficulties Philadelphia has had at home. There is a home court advantage. Cleveland has played more home games to this point than the Hornets have, and the margin between those two sides is only a game, and th- there's no Joel Embiid over there. Evan Mobley's not that kind of player yet, so I think in terms of Cleveland, they're going to, even though they have a strength of schedule that's very easy on paper, in terms of the actual difficulty of the games, it's going to get a little harder for them than it should be for Charlotte. There will be an opportunity to climb up. Of course, the distance between the Hornets and, say, number 11 New York is, quite frankly, just as close as the Hornets are to, say, fourth place Milwaukee. So one good week, you can climb real quick. One bad week, you can fall awful fast. But it's clear this has been a very good week here for the Hornets. All right, Charlotte with a 23-19 record. They're going to take on Orlando tonight. Before we talk about that game, I want to talk about the free throw disparity. It's been a topic of conversation. We've had it quite a few times here on the Hornets Hivecast as well as on recent radio appearances. What do the numbers actually tell us? We'll talk about it next here on the HHC. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. The other day against Philadelphia was yet another occasion where a superstar in the NBA, this time Joel Embiid, made more free throws than the Hornets attempted. Charlotte's had players go to the officials and coaches go to the officials time and again, asking how come Miles Bridges doesn't get the same calls that it seems the other side is 
is getting. It's something that has come up quite a few times. We want to look at the numbers a little closer as now we're past the midway mark. What do they actually tell us about free throws? So before I get to the actual raw data here, Rob, what is your perception of where you think the Hornets are in terms of free throws compared to the opponents and what it actually means in a game if Charlotte attempts, say, 10 more free throws than an opponent or attempts 10 fewer? I hate when you do this because you always make the guest feel lesser because they're probably completely wrong because you tee it up like you're trying to coax us into a certain answer so you can prove your point the other way, like no, a typical it, radio host. It's, it's really because I want to put the perception out there. Perception and actually, is not always reality. And put it up against what the reality is. So the only thing that I looked up for this segment is overall free throw attempts per team. The Hornets ranked 20th. They averaged 20.4 free throw attempts per game. The league leader, surprisingly, is the Houston Rockets at almost 25 per game. The league low is the Denver Nuggets at 18 per game. So I'm just going to go ahead and go out on a limb here a little bit and say that the Hornets recently have just been facing some really difficult opponents and specifically individual players that just traditionally get to the foul line a little bit more. When you take a look at the box score at the end of the day, it looks like this huge disparity. And I'm not saying that there's some gripes that are justified on the side of the Hornets with Miles Bridges not getting any free throw attempts on Wednesday. That just seems a little bizarre. But I'm just going to say it's just some sort of weird, dumb luck that the Hornets have that they are just not getting these calls one way or another. But when you take a look at it overall at the end of the season, it's going to be a lot closer than you think just in terms of the lack of disparity. I'm with you. The Miles Bridges not attempting a free throw thing, that was a problem. That was bad officiating. Miles Bridges got hit in the face several times and didn't get to the line. And not to say that Joel Embiid was not fouled, I don't think 14 attempts compared to the Hornets attempting eight was right. That's for one player, by the way. The rest of the Philadelphia team also attempted 14 free throws. Take Joel Embiid completely out of it. So I think that the Hornets have gotten the short end a couple of times. The other night against Philadelphia, the one particular player, it highlights the disparity, but Joel Embiid is not necessarily at fault in that one. Okay, so what do the numbers actually tell us? Hornets average over the course of the season 20 free throws a game, 20.4 if we want to be exact. Opponents average 22, 21.9 if you want to be exact. So the disparity is not that much. And you can look at how the Hornets take shots. I mean, they're a three-point shooting team. They take a lot of threes. They have excellent ball movement. They're hunting the open player. They're not driving into traffic all the time and looking to create contact. If they get a good driver, Miles Bridges is one, yeah, you would expect there to be some contact and some fouls called. And I think the Hornets are right to complain about that at times. But generally speaking, they're not give the ball to Joel Embiid and get out of the way. They're not give the ball to Miles Bridges and get out of the way. This is a team that's hunting open shots. And so if you're doing that, you're probably drawing less contact. So the fact that they've taken, on average, one and a half to two free throws fewer than their opponents, not a shock. What does it actually mean in games? Here's a stat I thought that was interesting. The Hornets have attempted 10 more free throws than their opponents. Guess how many times? We've played 43 games now. How many times do you think? 10 or more? 10 more free throws than the opponent has. So if the opponent takes 20, or it's have to take 30. Twice. Five times. Okay. It's a lot more than I thought it was going to be, too. Charlotte's won four of those games. They're four and one. So if the Hornets are getting to the line with any kind of frequency, it tends to be a good night for them. How about when the opponent takes 10 or more free throws than Charlotte? How many times do you think that's happened, That's got to happen like 30. 30 out of 43? I don't know. Give me 15. Seven. Wow. Only seven times, and 
Charlotte's not doing that bad in those situations. They're three and four. So even games where a Giannis Antetokounmpo or a Joel Embiid gets the line a lot, Hornets are holding their own. Any other situation somewhere in the middle, Hornets are 16 and 14. So the moral of this story, is there a free throw disparity? Not really. It's much closer than you think. Some of these superstars that just draw contact all day long, like Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo, have they victimized the Hornets? Yes, but Charlotte, in most of those matchups, still holds its own. They're 3-4 and four when the opponent takes a lot more free throws. So perception is not always reality. The perception is the Hornets are getting hosed here on some of these calls. The reality is the margin is closer than you might think. And even when there is a free throw disparity, the Hornets are able to keep their heads above water. All right, we'll keep an eye on this statistic throughout the season. And quite frankly, Cole Anthony is not Joel Embiid. We don't expect there to be that kind of free throw disparity tonight, but we'll find out. Speaking of Cole Anthony, he and the Magic are in town to take on your Hornets. We'll preview the game for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Rob, Orlando coming to town. They have a record of 7-35. and They've lost 10 in a row. Hornets, of course, 23-19, and having won four in a row. On paper, this looks to be one of the games where the Hornets are going to be one of the biggest favorites of all this season. But I talk about it all the time. It is very, very difficult to sweep a team in the National Basketball Association, especially when they're a division rival who you're going to see four times over the course of the year. Hornets have two wins over the Magic. Both work reasonably close. A 120-111 to win on the road and a 106-9 to win on the road. Now, in both those games, the Hornets got control of it in the fourth quarter and, and were basically in the driver's seat. But a three-possession game is not a huge amount of wiggle room to work with here. What are your thoughts heading into this matchup with the Magic? Well, I mean, you take a look at the Magic. They've lost 10 straight games. They have the worst record in the NBA, but they're frustrated. And sometimes when you get those teams that are not doing very well this year. They're hungry, and it's just one of those cases where who wants it more at that point? I mean, they lost on Wednesday 112 to 106 in Washington. That's a pretty close game for a Wizards team that's playing really well as of late, especially Kyle Kuzma. But, you know, it, again, we talk about it all the time. Any given night in the NBA, you can see something crazy. So the Hornets, it's one that the Hornets definitely have to keep an eye on because, again, like you mentioned, last two meetings were close, albeit those were in Orlando. But again, you like to have the Hornets' chances a little bit higher in the friendly confines of Spectrum Center. But any given night, you saw what Cole Anthony did last season here in Spectrum Center. He went off for a pretty big game, and he's just one of those X factors. And of course, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But, you know, this is a very young and hungry Orlando team. I know they're missing a lot of pieces right now, but you can never underestimate the young guns because they go out there and play with no fear, and that's pretty dangerous sometimes. This Orlando team, the 10 game losing streak, I mean, it's significant. That's a lot of losses to pile up over and over. And if you stretch it back even further, 
while there's not a lot of win streaks to be seen, but they've lost 17 of their last 19 games. Really, there's no point in time here where Orlando's been able to really have any kind of sustained success, but they have at least been playing more competitive basketball since the calendar turned to 2022. The losing streak extends further back than that, but you look at the tail end of December, you've got losses by 17 and 18 points to Milwaukee. They lost by 10 on the road at Miami. They lost by 10 points again to Miami. I mean, there's a lot of really lopsided losses. In the 2022 portion of this losing streak, they lost in overtime in Boston by four at Chicago, by 10 to Philadelphia, five at Detroit, two versus Washington, and then their most recent one, a six-point loss to Washington. So they're in these games. They're still losing them, but they're in the vicinity of having a breakthrough and getting a W. It would not shock me if they beat the Hornets at some point this season. Do I think it's going to happen tonight? Not really. Charlotte's playing well, even though they're not shooting well. I guess that's kind of the one caveat in here is the Hornets haven't shot the ball well. So with that said, let's get into our game preview. We need a player to watch for each team as well as this statistic you are officially the guest you get first dibs give me the low-hanging fruit with cole anthony to watch for the orlando magic he missed five games ever since he's come back he's played four of them and he's been in double figures in all of them 26 points against philly 19 against detroit 12 against washington and 12 against washington again he was an assist shy of a triple double on wednesday against the wizards he always seems to just kind of have the hornets number a little bit he plays really well here probably expect roy williams to be in a crowd he always likes to see his carolina boys when they come back to charlotte wouldn't be surprised to see Uncle Roy in a crowd and have a little bit of added momentum for Cole Anthony, but Cole Anthony is my player to watch. It gets easier at the guard position because Jalen Suggs has been out with a fractured thumb. Also gets easier at the bigs position because Mobamba's been out with a sprain, and so it's opened up more minutes for another young guy who's my guy to watch, Franz Wagner. Wagner has had a very solid rookie season. He's coming off a double-double performance in the loss to Washington. So is Cole Anthony, too, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Wagner is a very, very good player who does a lot of things well. Now, his double-double, even though he's a big guy, it was points and assists in that one, if I'm not mistaken. He had 10 assists in that loss to Washington. So he's a very good player. He also seems to be a catalyst for them just playing better basketball. You look at their most recent win, it's been a while, but when they won at Atlanta, it was Wagner who went for 25 points. So this is a good player. He's doing some good things out there. I think he's a guy to watch for because if Orlando's going to win it, it's maybe not going to be Cole Anthony going crazy. That is uh, the driving force. It could be Mo Wagner who makes more of a difference. And again, he was the leading scorer for Orlando in their most recent win and has been the leading scorer a couple of times over the course of this season. Where do you want to go next? Stat to watch or do you want to go player to watch for the Hornets? Let's keep it consistent. We'll go player to watch for the Hornets. I'm going to take Terry Rozier. He started to heat up at the end of Wednesday's game, finished with 22 points, 10 of 18 from the floor, but he's had some pretty monster games against the Magic already this season. The last game that they played in Orlando, he had a career-high six steals. He went for, I think, I want to say 27 points off the top of my head. At any rate, Terry Rozier is my player to watch. I think he feels like he needs to step up a little bit more with Kelly Oubre being in health and safety protocols. The secondary scoring just hasn't really been there for the Hornets, especially coming off the bench. Terry Rozier's seen some added minutes. He played 41 on Wednesday. Probably going to log a similar amount Friday unless the result is decided relatively early into the second half or maybe even into the fourth quarter. But Terry Rozier is my player to watch tonight.
I'm going to go with Miles Bridges. He had one spectacular game against the Orlando Magic where he went for 31, really shot the ball well from three. He had one where he didn't shoot the ball well, but still nearly posted a double-double, had 11 points, nine rebounds, and six assists in that one. I just think he's a matchup nightmare for Orlando. He is for most teams, but a squad that's that young, particularly in the post and in that small forward to power forward situation, I don't know how you really defend him. He can stretch out by knocking down threes, which he did pretty well against Philadelphia, going three for nine from beyond the arc. And of course, his attack minus is second to none, I think, in the NBA right now. So I think Miles Bridges is primed for a big game. He has been frustrated at the lack of calls that he's been getting, did not attempt a free throw against Philadelphia. He's going to put some pressure on the officials to get him there a couple of times, I think, in this matchup with the Magic. Last but not least, a statistic to watch. I'm going to pick your favorite. I'm going to go with Pace. So hopefully I didn't take that from underneath your nose because when you look at the box scores from Wednesday, you take a look at the Washington-Orlando game. Those teams combined for 12 fast break points. It was a 10-2 disparity in favor of the Wizards. So that game was kind of played at Washington's pace. They like to slow the ball down a little bit more. Orlando trying to get out in transition just couldn't do it. But then you look at what the Hornets were able to do Wednesday against the Sixers. They dictated the pace of that game. They were able to play at their own pace because you know how Philly is, especially when they put those twin towers in late in the fourth quarter with Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid. They slowed the pace down but at the same time that helped the Hornets because again Charlotte was up double digits at that point they're more than willing to milk the clock a little bit but the Hornets on Wednesday's game able to get 25 fast break points and I thought a lot of those came in the first quarter first half really and they were just able to get out and run they created some chaos they were able to get some turnovers Joel Embiid turned the ball over seven times on Wednesday so I just look at the Hornets trying to get out trying to run again Orlando might like to run a little bit more than some other teams that the Hornets have played this season, but I still think pace is going to be a big one because when the Hornets are able to get out in transition, get those fast break points, they're I don't want to say they're unbeatable, but they're pretty hard to stop. My stat to watch has a little less to do with this specific matchup and more just on where the Hornets need to get to. Charlotte's been outstanding defensively the last three games, and it's helped them overcome some, by their standards, lackluster shooting games. The Hornets have not shot the ball well. This is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA, and they've put forth three consecutive games where they shot no better than 33.3% from the field, making a third of their three-point attempts. The last time that happened, they had three straight games where the high watermark was 333 from beyond the arc. You got to go back to the back end of their first Western conference road trip they shot 333 from distance at the lakers 303 at the clippers 314 at sacramento and you go one further back they were 278 at golden state so that's the last time they had a stretch like this the good news is in that stretch they lost all the games including one at sacramento which was certainly a head scratcher at the time this time around they've beaten milwaukee twice in philadelphia so they're finding ways to win even without their their best club in their bag working for them but they want to start to center that thing up on the fairway some more i don't think the hornets are going to be able to to continue this kind of winning streak without shooting the ball a little bit better from three. You look back to their previous three-game win streak before this one got started, they shot the ball very well from distance against Houston and in Denver. So I don't think it's necessarily an imperative for tonight's game against Orlando, but is it imperative for them to be playing their best basketball? Yes, it is. So here's an Orlando team. They're a bit wounded. Bamba's out or has been out. Suggs has been out. 
there's an opportunity here for the Hornets to win, whether they shoot well from three or not. But I think long term, especially looking ahead to a road trip at New York and at Boston, it would serve the Hornets well to recalibrate that shooting. So I'm going to have that be my focal point here tonight. All right, that's it for your game preview. That's it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We invite you, as always, to tune in tomorrow where we'll have our breakdown edition of tonight's game against the Orlando Magic. Till then, for our producer and guest today, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.